Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Well, guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. Welcome to the Foolishness Podcast. This is episode 106. Hope you are all doing amazing. You jumped into the last episode with Detective Jay Warner Wallace. He went deep. He got crazy. He unpacked the analytical mind of how, as an atheist, he tried to disprove the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He put them on trial. They ultimately pointed to Jesus. He came to faith. Thank you, Lord. But we're launching from there into today. A young woman's story, much, much, much younger than I, than I am, um, had an amazing walk with the Lord. God has just inspired her the last few years in particular, but she's a friend of mine I met a few years ago. God has relocated her uh, in area, relocated her to a church, and now he's really beginning to use that testimony as she serves on staff, helping with worship, running all the media, and joining me today from very hot 90 degree Arizona. How are you doing, Jack Marino? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a joy to see you again. Hey, man. And we met, what, like three, maybe three years ago in LA or? Right. Something like that. At that yeah. skate event. Yeah. There's a giant, for those listening, if you skateboard, one of the most famous skate parks in the world is the Barracks. Steve Barra, Eric Costin, they have a, 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 a kind of secret warehouse that no one's allowed in unless you're invited. And so... Some of the whosoever's, some of the different churches, they do ministry there. And Jack's home church put on an event, invited me to speak. You ran the media. We all connected. I met your dad, actually. Yes. Um, it's great to meet him. And so since then, God has done what? You moved from L.A. Unpack where you are right now. What's going on? I'm in Arizona at Redeemer Bible Church, which was just such an amazing mm. thing that God allowed me to move out here. And I'm very happy I get to just mm. be on staff at a church where I'm under the teaching of pastors that just hold to the sufficiency of scripture. And I'm just mm. getting it in. And it's such a good environment for me Amen. to be in and to be soaking up all of that truth. So mm. I'm very, very thankful. And I don't know you shouldn't ask, but I'm older enough than you. You're early <laughs> 20s still, right? I'm actually 28. Okay, so. so early 20s, we're gonna say, you know. I know women, when they hit 40, they're normally like, what is happening to my life? So <laughs> 20s is still 21, 22 in my okay. book. I'll take it, I'll take that. <laughs> well, I just say that because you've lived such an up and down life, which I feel like I did by the time of, you know, 24 when I came to faith. Mm -hmm. We're gonna jump into all that. But anyway, God has got you planted. You've got a covering. And he was kind of launching you out then. So I've seen you on a couple different podcasts. Us being friends, I said, you know what? This is a great testimony just to look at how God works where even as a young girl, God was working in your life. And sometimes people want life to be so perfect, but we face so many challenges. God's aware of that and he's bigger than that. So for you, I guess we just say, you're a sold out, fired up Christian. I mean, I see your worship on the Instagram. You know, I, I get the updates. I see your pastor interviewing you, all that's going on. I'm thankful that we all get to use social media. I have no doubt the Apostle Paul would be redeeming all of this. But you went, you were raised going to church, right? But so, so where did this all begin? Where did you live? And how were your mom and dad and the faith and the rest? So. So I was born in San Diego and I started going to a Methodist preschool 
And so I had somewhat of an idea of who Jesus was. And I thought I knew Jesus and I was a Christian at a young age. I believed Jesus was Lord, Hmm. but I didn't really understand what that meant or what the implications of that were. I didn't know a biblical Jesus. It was more of um, me imagining him. And um, as I grew up, my mom ended up separating from my dad because he had drug and alcohol abuse problems. Mm. But when I was in the preschool at the Methodist church, my dad was on the worship team uh, playing drums. And I, even at such a young age, saw that there was something special about the God of the Bible, something Mm -hmm. real and supernatural almost, because when he was worshiping, he had this um, maybe peace about him. I just Mm -hmm. could tell that there was something real about what was going on. And so that really um, stuck with me. And so when I was young around that age, I was sexually abused by someone Mm. that was in my life um, and close to me, but not in my immediate family. And so that led to a lot of confusion um, and a lot of shame. And it was since it was around that same time that my parents separated when they separated, we stopped going to church except for on Christmas and Easter. So my firm rooting or whatever, somewhat firm rooting in the church went away. And I um, really started going down a path of Mm -hmm. acting out and shame and lying and just trying to cover up what was going on because Mm -hmm. I knew it was wrong, but by the time I had memories of it, I was very confused. And so I just grew up with a lot of shame and not a really solid understanding of who Jesus is, Mm -hmm. but thinking I was a Christian. And this is almost crazy. You know, like I sent you over some of the thoughts I was having and where we are, but but you talked about that happening to you when you were young. And I think you said somewhere that some of this stuff happened to you when you were two or three or something crazy, right? Um, I think so. It's yeah. hard because... Because you don't remember, to, of course. Right. That, so yeah. somewhere around, I would say a safe, I know it happened when I was five and I think it happened earlier. Yeah, and even as a pastor, you know, I say you're not you're not meant to kill anyone, but I feel like if I walked into a room and caught something like that going on, you know mm. what I mean? That's that's. But, but here's what I guess. Even when I was preparing this, is since that time you've had so much to juggle, and we try and juggle life. You know, when parents get separated, when things happen, we go. If you could look back now and speak to five to seven mm. to eight to ten year old you, um, what advice would you give when you're just like, okay, this is not any of my accord. None of this is me. This has right. happened. They say something like one in six or one in seven people have been molested or had these sexual encounters, which what that does, that it opens you up to just visualizing all these crazy things. I mean, I had a guy at our church one time come to me and he said, Brian, I wrestle with the craziest stuff. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I was molested when I was eight or nine. And from that age, I began to picture all of my friends having these experiences with me. And he said, I'm 40 now and I'm married but I've had all these visual impressions where I weren't having them when I was nine. You know mm. what I mean? And normally until you get to the age where you have those interactions, you don't really start playing them out. But I'm saying, looking back at you and wrestling, your emotions weren't there. You hadn't hit puberty yet, obviously. Right. But what would you say if you were five, six, seven, and then maybe even 10, that you want to hear, if you could hear this podcast today, what would you tell yourself, you know? Man, well, 
first of all, I, I wish I knew to run to God that mm. just, I wish I knew scripture. I <laughs> wish I knew that like he who dwells in the shelter of the most mm. high will abide in the shadow of the almighty or the mm. Lord is my strength and my shield in him. My heart trusts and I'm helped like just knowing that God is my refuge Amen. and that I can go to him and that he loves me. And, and it's, I don't need to escape myself. I don't need to escape my life. But I also would have, I think, with that biblical understanding of who God truly is, yeah, I would want to have told somebody um, what was happening. Yeah. And just even though that would have, of course, there's a lot of fear when telling people because you don't know how they'll react. And sometimes yeah. it can cause such an uproar that it causes more pain. But knowing who God is, knowing that he's your shelter and he will mm. protect you and he's taking care of you, um, especially if you're his child and you're in him, Amen. that I think would have given me that comfort to know it's going to be okay. I can tell somebody, Amen. even in my sin, even the ways that I maybe responded sinfully or acted out, mm -hmm. the Lord is my shelter. And yeah. so I wish I knew that. Well, just because, you know, we... we we don't realize the world's broken at first, and I'm sure you and I could write numerous, numerous books. You know, maybe we will. God will lead us go on and do that individually. But we kind of come into the world like there's my mom, there's my dad, there's my dad drumming, here's my mom. We get hidden from a lot of stuff. And as we see the cracks, we kind of can rebel against God if we've been raised in the church. Right. So looking back at all of this, um, we can see that and then blame God. But we have to realize if we're listening, guys, like, why would God allow this? Why wouldn't he just, you know, make people drop down dead? Because we're in this fallen world. It's torn. It's chaotic. And you can even go into this with, you know, abortions or marriages or whatever. Um, women that just trust in the Lord who say, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to trust in him. He will work your situation out. That doesn't mean it will always be the best for you the way you want it. But it means like Jax is sitting here today smiling and laughing. And I'm laughing when she begins to quote the Bible because that feeling of a father would have been there with you then. He's there with you today. I mean, this is a story of redemption. I hope my listeners hear every guest that comes on when we're laughing and giggling. Or even when we hung out first, when we're all celebrating at that event, it's because God is good. The hard thing is if you're six or seven, you tell someone, it all blows up. Mom and dad separate. You carry that guilt and shame. But the reality is to our listeners, if you've been through this stuff, I mean, at the end, hit up Jack, you know, get a hold of someone, let them know it's not okay. It's not right. The world has fallen. Sadly, those people act out because those things have happened to them. They've been exposed to it. I have a lot of family and friends who've been through it. I talked to a lady today who's had a husband that's been unfaithful, you know, 15 or something times. And she says, well, this is what happened to him. So they're playing it out. But you would go back, encourage yourself, and then the other thing you said that's important, and I think it often gets missed, is how many people are raised in the church, but being raised in the church just means you were raised in the church. It means, yes, God planted some seeds. Did he give the increase yet? Some he did, some he didn't. But I say that because how many times I've spoken and at a school, and the school atheist has come up and he said, and it might be 12, it might be 16, Hey, you know, I love when you guys come speak. I love to come challenge you guys. I used to be a Christian. And I always say, wait a minute. Were you a Christian? Jack went to church. She heard the worship. She has an understanding of God. But were you forgiven? Were you born again? And when I told this kid this, I said, so you're saying God is real. Well, no. I said, well, you just heard my testimony. I'm saying God's real because he saved me. I felt his grace and mercy. I was redeemed. You stole my marriage. 
it's really relevant that we say this going in because you're about to go a lot deeper but a lot of people hearing could be skeptical and say well i was a christian where you did you encounter jesus did you know you could stand on his promises do you know what he did because the jack of today though you're the same person you're in a very different place than when you were just attending church so you had those experiences and you were talking about how it caused you to re to rebel uh, what kind of rebellion was this just trying to make sense of the world you were kind of let down like i'm just gonna do this to get a, a reaction or was this i'm just mad at god in the world you know yeah um well i do quickly want to touch on one of the most comforting things for me has been learning about that god is sovereign and what that means and just that he is so good and mm especially like if we love him and are called according to his purpose he works all things together for good so Amen. even if i don't understand something just knowing that god is in control of all things mm -hmm. is such a comfort to me and it would have been such a comfort to me then yeah but so i'm just so thankful and i love that you touched <laughs> on the importance and the difference of being a christian maybe by name or by what your family was and being mm -hmm. truly born again yes. because i can I'm a new creation now, mm. and and there's just such a huge difference, even though I thought I was a Christian. So mm. acting out, I was just all lying all the time, um, acting out sexually at a young age, um, gravitating towards um, just friends in similar situations. And it was just a lot of lying, and mm. I didn't know who I was anymore um, at such a young age because of all the lying. Mm. And when I got to be um, around seven, I got a call from my mom that the person who had abused me, who um, wasn't an adult, so that was a lot more mm. confusing, but was older than me, um, was caught abusing a toddler. And so he was sent away and my mom was very mm. um, upset and asking if anything had happened to me because... Um, yeah. You know, and and I was so afraid that I was going to be found out for for not just what he'd been doing to me, but the mm. ways that I'd responded to that suffering yeah. in sinful ways. And I just didn't want to deal with it. I'd already been lying so much that mm. it's crazy how once you lie a little bit, it just you have to keep lying to cover your lies. And, and you had in a way like a lot of men do, you'd compartmentalized. You'd said, this was part of my life. I dealt with this almost like the woman at the well where Jesus talks about five husbands. She said, well, I'm comfortable in this place. Obviously, she's habitually living in sin understanding Jewish law at the time where you were just a girl who was struggling, but you just said, I don't need to unpack this now because it's some weight and some luggage. So you told your mom it was all good. And, and what age were you? I was about seven. And oh my gosh, yeah. Yes, so I just told myself if I, exactly, I compartmentalized it, that if I never thought about it again, mm -hmm. I could believe that it didn't happen. I just convinced myself I, could, I can believe my own lie. Mm -hmm. And so if I just never think about it and push it down, then... It didn't happen and i can believe that and so my job is now to to never remember it yeah and so i went through my life just doing everything in my power to not think about it to not remember it mm. i continued being rebellious and because of that the guilt and the weight of this big secret the ways i was acting out the ways i was lying mm. to my family just was this huge weight and so i really didn't even know who i was 
And I had so much anguish inside of yeah. just wanting to escape myself and wanting to get away from mm. whatever was being pushed down, but yeah. not knowing how. How to deal with it properly. And you're seven. Right. I mean, you yeah. should be going and getting ice cream. You should be going to a movie. But, but again, the reason we can talk about this and you can deal with it is while some people might go to groups for years and years and years. And um, I use a lot the example of Jenny, you know, in Forrest Gump where um, she's running through the forest with Forrest and suddenly she stops and she's throwing rocks at this tin house because things happened to her years ago mm. and those rocks keep coming up and later on in the movie she's in bed with more people she cusses people out she's trying to pursue all these world peace things and the rest why because she doesn't really know who she is and Forrest says you know what Jenny sometimes there just aren't enough rocks she's pitching rocks at the house because of something that has been done many years ago but she's still holding on to it and of course when I'm preaching this the point is to say, but but Jack, there's only one rock and his name's Jesus. And that's the only rock you need. But so seven. And then did you ever bring it up to your mom later on or ever come out? Or I ended up telling her after I was saved when I was about 25. Wow. Um, wow. So, but as I was going through all this, I yeah. also was um, started having these supernatural experiences, mm -hmm. seeing things. Um especially ufos yeah. and i i didn't think they were ufos at first i thought they were the angels of my dad's friends who were like fathers second dads to me who had mm -hmm. died from addiction and mm. i thought that they were angels because they felt so familiar like this deep familiarity and deep connection yeah. to them and because i was no one knew who i really was no one knew my secrets i felt like no one knew me and i didn't know me mm. but i felt like they knew me and that gave me a sense of comfort and that I was special and that I had um, just this kind of escape from my reality that these things were happening. And Almost like they I, cared for you or they just understood it was a place to aim all your anguish or what? I think it was more that they understood. Like it was like this feeling of, mm -hmm. I don't know if comfort, but just this like great power and mm. almost nostalgic, deep familiarity yeah. with them yep so then i found out about ufos and aliens and so i was like oh that must be what this is mm -hmm. and so that became a huge almost more secret part of my mm -hmm. um identity because i felt like okay there's this supernatural relationship that i have and yeah. it's important to me and it makes me special and i can kind of cling to this as almost an escape mm -hmm. um and that's where your energy went. So, so was it reading alien books? Was it looking at UFOs? Or was it just, there's a supernatural realm here. Jesus is on the back burner. Mm. And were you, were you telling friends at the time the things you'd been through? Or were you feeling shame about, I was raised in the church? Or were you just not even looking back? You were just chasing what was next? Yeah, I at this time I was still so young, but as I as it continued happening as I grew up, I definitely didn't tell anyone about like the abuse or what had happened to me, I just was doing everything in my power to forget it. Mm. But I told some people about the alien thing, but um, it was more, it was so important to me and like such a huge part of mm. my identity that I almost wanted to keep it for myself. Yeah. And um, also I just was having experiences where at one point I believed 
that this dark entity that I thought was the devil, but now I think was a demon, was calling me down mm. this path away from whatever Christianity I was holding on to. And I knew it was wrong, but I told myself, I'll, mm. go, I'll go back to being who I like, who I should be later. But I'm just, this looks more fun. Mm. I loved rebellion. I loved my sin. Yep. And so I just continued down just the path of lying and really um, wanting nothing to do with my Christian friends um, yeah. and gravitating towards more rebellious people um, yeah. for a long time. And even that should be a witness to people like, you know, oh, here's Jack, the Christian, how boring, how plain. You go to church once a week, you sing hymns, you know, and you do practical things like help the homeless, yada, yada, yada. But yet you get to 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, puberty hits and music culture or flesh is just mm -hmm. drawn towards the chaos of this world and you know it, it's it's not happenstance it's intentional i mean we're raised you know the beatles pink floyd the doors all these bands i'm raised in liverpool you know what a famous city for the beatles by the time you're whatever age driving around in dad's pickup truck or hearing what your friends like you've heard all these songs about being in the bar or sleeping with people or partying doing whatever so if every lie comes from the enemy, these voices are out there, you grab a hold of them. Did you know, looking back then, obviously, they're not aliens. Did you think they were like these entities that were powerful, that were relating to you? Like there was something romantic in there that felt like you were being pulled into it or what? Yes. Um, I, I was trying to get some sort of um, understanding of what this meant and could I relate it to Christianity? Was there a mm -hmm. connection? But even with the, what the abuse led to and just um, becoming, becoming open to these things that I shouldn't have been involved in yeah. at a young age made me feel like I had this powerful secret knowledge. I almost felt mm -hmm. like I had something that other people didn't. And then these entities added to that, that yes, I had the secret life of sin at a young age and had that mm -hmm. awakened early, but also now I had this powerful, dark um, mm -hmm. something connection. And so I felt almost like I have the secret knowledge um, that makes me better than <laughs> everyone and special. And that kind of helped me form an identity. And as I was growing up, um, I really found my identity in people. Um, mm. And that was just a huge thing because I didn't really know who I was at all, Yeah, was suppressing all this stuff. People really became, became my identity, the approval of people. Mm. Ultimately, it was idolatry. And it led to a lot of bondage, a lot of needing to mm. for people to like me or else like, who am I without this friend or this relationship? Yeah. And, but when I was um, in high school, my best friend and I joined the cheer team and all of our friends started drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. And I had always said that I would never ever get into like because everything else. Because of what you'd else. seen with right. your dad and his friends and just the, the divorce and everything. Yeah. Yes. And just my, my dad, like I was his reason for living, he said, and, and hmm. I, he loved me so much, but I would just see this cycle of yeah. either in the hospital or rehab or a halfway house or in the hospital. And it just, it broke my heart because it seems so like he so didn't want this and it was such mm -hmm. bondage. And so I knew I didn't want that, but growing up, I just ended up wanting approval of man more than yeah. 
more than anything else. And just thinking of the Bible verse that says, like the fear of man lays a snare and just mm-hmm. like, it's so <laughs> dangerous, yeah. but wanting that approval, wanting just some kind of escape, I'd already yeah. um, started, I had a really bad eating disorder. I, you mm. know, didn't eat. And when I did, I'd throw up um, and I was cutting myself and I just had all this anguish from um, not wow. wanting to be in my body, like, and just all, I just mm. had so much turmoil yeah. and wanting to escape. And it's, this is just another time that I wish that I had known who God is, like not just like a empty idea of who he is, but a biblical understanding of who my God is, who my creator yeah. is, and just his closeness to us that <laughs> I didn't need to escape myself. I, I could have just run to my father mm. um, through Jesus this whole time. Um, well, because when you look at it, you know, Galatians 1.10 tells us clearly, am I now seeking the approval of man or God? I would right. not be a servant, a doulas of God. And, you know, we're teenagers, we're going to school. I had buck teeth, I had a bullhead haircut, I'm getting <laughs> braces. There's girls I like in school. Okay, am I dressing right? Am I acting right? What am I doing? Most of the time when I share with youth, I tell them, guys, by the time you're 18, none of this will matter. Jack, by the time you're 18... The stuff you're, you're worried about, it will not matter. By the mm-hmm. time you're 21, by the time you're married, by the time you're whatever. And what's amazing, what you're saying is, if you dig into the occult, a lot of the people who are deep in the occult, they had ex- sexual experiences when they were young, or they had people that almost broke them in ways, like you know a fracture in the family, exposed to something really crazy. If you go down the conspiracy path today, there's a reason they talk about trying to do such crazy things to kids at a young age, mm-hmm. because it almost shatters, and then they can rebuild their identity, you know, like order out of chaos. So. Obviously, when I talk about aliens, we we understand Genesis. Like it's not that there's some some other planet; right. is that it would be fallen entities. Anyone encountering any kind of an entity, it would be a fallen being, some kind of rebellious angel, a messenger, but given the wrong message. So you're in school, you're acting out, things are crazy, partying, probably getting high, boyfriends come into the picture, and then you're really just suppressing um, the knowledge of God, but you're striving for the knowledge of something you're just getting in the wrong place right so how does this all keep shaping you i'm looking at you like you're my daughter and now you're in your Mm -hmm. teens and this is all happening i'm like what's going on right this is why i want these podcasts out there so people can realize get out of these situations come to know jack's dad the eternal one you know i've met your dad he's a sweetheart but i'm talking about our (laughs) heavenly father so how does this continue unfolding and it does lead you into the occult to some degree right yes and so um I ended up starting drinking, um, starting drugs first, then drinking. When I mm. drank, I really was like, this This is the first time that I'm actually numb. And so it gave me that false sense of peace. Um, mm-hmm. It never really satisfied. I couldn't drink enough. I couldn't smoke enough weed or cigarettes or do enough drugs yeah. to actually get uh, peace. But it, it was that um, counterfeit of, mm-hmm. if I had just known that um, I could just go to Jesus. And I just love how he says, um, <laughs> come to me, you know, all who labor and are heavy laden mm-hmm. and I'll give you rest. Like he gives us rest. And truly these substances don't give us rest as much as we lie to ourselves that they do. Well, unpack that for someone listening. You're not just saying I'm a Christian, Brian, I'm going to church. I have a Bible with my name on. Mm-hmm. You had this encounter with God. Yes, we'll get into it. But what you're saying is daily, he is filling your life. 
It's not church attendance. It's not amount of phone calls with your pastor. It's not jumping on podcasts. You're talking about a living God who loves you, who cares for you. But in this world that's fallen to pieces, you've got to pursue him and he's there every day for you, right? right. I mean, what, what, yeah. what's your relationship look like to someone who's like, what is this chick talking about? I want to hear about <laughs> aliens and demons and crazy stuff. But you're talking about the living God here. Yeah. Right. It, it, it amazes me and it amazes me um, because I tried to get to this God through so many other back doors thinking, mm-hmm. I'd even think to myself, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to do all that Christian stuff, but I can get to God this back way, hmm. almost like an easier way. But Jesus makes clear, like, you have to enter through him. You have to enter through the gate and mm. you can't go other ways. It doesn't work like that. And mm-hmm. so just through Jesus, I can actually have a relationship with the true and living God mm. who created all things. And it's personal. Mm-hmm. And that is amazing. You will never find anything like that mm-hmm. in any other religion, in the occult. No mm. supernatural experience is as powerful, amazing, astounding, mm. real as a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's not, that's the thing is, um, I just, that's such a lie that Christianity is boring. That's or- where I was leading goes unpack that. There's a lie right. that's being pitched at you all these years. So it's a lie. Yeah. Carry yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. And it, and it amazes me because, I mean, it shouldn't because Satan mm. is the father of lies, but just that I bought that for so long that, that Christianity is, you know, works based, which it's the mm-hmm. exact opposite or that I need to do all these things and follow all these rules but yeah it's really like you love god so much yeah. and you have such a relationship with him that you want to obey him out of love mm-hmm. and it's just it's so awesome mm. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> so you're saying even taking your friday night which normally when you were maybe 12 13 you know going to get ice cream or maybe 14 15 <laughs> drinking starting to hang around people right. you'd rather be on a podcast with a funny sounding english guy <laughs> talking about an invisible god and you said something amazing that i do want to read a few verses about and then we'll fully jump into the occult side because it is rampant today it is thriving Mm -hmm. today i'm not the conspiracy guy but i love to hear about them the state of the world for me is in a radical place it's Mm -hmm. always radical because sinners become saints but it's radical but what we're saying is that here's this girl who had these experiences then she begins to play out as she goes through puberty hangs out with guys drinks party and whatever sedating the reality of the pain and hurt but life god's always there but we're being ministered to in this world by a fallen entity and mm-hmm. um, the satan the bible refers to him and i'm just going to read a few verses for some of you maybe even zealous christians who don't consider the works of satan you might have a pastor who goes we don't even talk about him well jesus did we don't glorify him but i'm just going to read a couple of verses that the bible says but second corinthians eleven fourteen, guys if you're not believers this is a letter to a church in corinth this is the apostle paul and he just tells the church plainly satan himself masquerades as an angel of light is it not surprising then if his servants Satan has servants. They go and do his work. They have the same agenda. Is it not surprising if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness? So these entities or beings, whether this is fallen angels, whether this is prophets or teachers or pastors, whoever it is, ministering junk into the world, and he goes on, he says, 2 Corinthians 11.3, I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, 
That means the serpent messed with her mind in the garden. Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Verse 4, For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, and that's who we're preaching today, guys, or if you receive, listen to this, a different spirit from the spirit you received or a different gospel than the one you accepted, you put up with it too easily. He's literally saying there is a spirit at work when you hear the gospel. The spirit's penetrating hearts tonight as Jack, as Brian share. That's the Holy Spirit. But there's also a spirit of this world, the Antichrist spirit that is in opposition that could be leading entities to you as a young girl, that could be ministering to your mind, that could be at work through the television, through the music, the God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And it even talks about in 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, Paul said, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith, meaning believers. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labor was in vain, meaning even for the believers, we get faced. I'm saying this because I think about your story. There's so much craziness. And we say, and this girl's talking about entities. Well, the apostle Paul talked about them. They are real. So they were having at you. This is all going on. You live out this life. How does it take a turn to go deeper into the occult now, which maybe some of our listeners are very into it, are very excited about it, and think, okay, this is great. I love these old Led Zeppelin albums or Alistair Crowley and all the rest of it. So, Yeah, so I'm so glad that you shared that. Um, when I was in <laughs> high school, I started getting into, well, the book The Secret came out, and mm. it was about the law of attraction. And it was pretty mainstream in Barnes & Noble, all that, but... Um, it gave me, well, I was obsessed with it because I wanted to create my own reality. I wanted to mm. make my fantasies reality. I wanted to be God ultimately and be the writer of my own life. Mm -hmm. And so it was so attractive to me. And it was this idea that your thoughts are the most powerful thing in the universe. You can mm. manifest your own reality. You can make anything real. Like the universe is a genie and you can have whatever you wish and life really is whatever mm. you want it to be and that was so appealing to me and especially the idea that we're all these we're, we're energy thoughts are energy there's magnetism mm -hmm. and so at the time i didn't think that was new age i didn't think that was a cult i just loved it it mm -hmm. it was like this is what this is me it seems so familiar it, and it was really exciting and alluring mm. to me and so I wanted that. I wanted <laughs> empowering to do right now today. You can start willing this to happen. Exactly. Like, and it says anything you want, it works every time for everyone. And so I wanted that and mm -hmm. I dove into it and it, it kind of fit with my worldview that had to do with these aliens because now it was saying the universe is really the power and, mm -hmm. and kind of now, okay, so it's not God, it's the universe and we're all energy and, Maybe Jesus just had this understanding. Maybe he just like got to mm -hmm. this higher level of energy. He was enlightened. Exactly. And so now that he has done that, now he is Jesus. So maybe I can be Jesus and just mm -hmm. really starting to allow it to get very twisted in my mind. Mm. And then I got into a relationship with um, a Native American guy who was older than me. And he um, shared beliefs about aliens. When I talked about mm -hmm. it with some people, it was you know, oh, okay, but with him, it had a connection to yeah. the spiritual understanding of reality and just talking about ancestors and 
energy and the earth and elements like that was so alluring mm -hmm. to me because I sensed this power that was familiar to me from that young age when those dark mm -hmm. things were happening that it just seemed like this is my path this is fate and I mm -hmm. really saw things as this this is meant to be mm -hmm. um, which really took away I just kept giving away more and more of again the really small amount that I knew about Jesus that wasn't really wow. founded in scripture, but just giving more away and letting it be twisted into this mm. new understanding of reality. Um, as that went on, you know, I went to, ended up going to school in Pomona and didn't care where I went, just kind of was always living for the now, always living for the next high. Yep. Ended up there, joined a sorority, realized I just, had more issues than everyone else so i just was always hiding um and how old were you right then 18 okay so you made it through some of the crazy years yeah right yes and you know just the craziness of of all that addiction and i know how mm. painful it can be and the hiding and the shame was one of the biggest parts just this deep shame of um mm. no one knows who i really am what if that person finds out who i really am just like the secret double life um, and so wanting to think only positive thoughts to create my reality, ending up in this relationship mm. um, that was very abusive, controlling, physically abusive. But my understanding of what love was, was yeah. twisted and it was perverted. And so I thought that he was showing he loved me when he got aggressive and that um, his like anger just showed his love for me. And so it's just... There's so many things in the world that get twisted when we don't have a biblical understanding of, of what it is. Um, well, why didn't he just will it to be super perfect or just speak to the universe or just meditate? And, and I am kind of condescending and mocking because right. you've kind of got to practice what you preach. We know as Christians we're going to struggle and fall and get frustrated when someone almost runs you over or someone says something crazy or if you experience the same things in the past. you know. But we're not trying to live that way. But you said something amazing then because it was kind of like an invitation to be God. That's mm. what was the pitch. But mm. isn't that the first lie? I mean, in the garden, Satan comes along and preaches that sermon. Did God really say, the day you eat of this, though, you will become like God. So the idea was he's still pitching that to us. He's still pitching it. And when you're talking about the universe and willing things to happen, I mean, I watched that. There's that girl, I forget her name, Maggie, and she had this song called Alaska. And there's a video of Pharrell sitting there, and he's sitting there with her. And it's Pharrell Williams, you know, but he's just saying, hey, he starts talking about willing things to happen. When you talk about willing things to happen, that just sounds like Hollywood now. I have mm. friends in real estate. I have friends who are doing this, doing that. And all their conversations are about the universe and willing things to happen. Right. And I'm talking about, yeah, be positive, be motivated, but that's just not this earth. If that was the case, you could will yourself to live for thousands of years. You're saying you had this relationship and it is romantic. The idea of going out into like Arizona or New Mexico and this beautiful history of Native Americans who are one with, you know, the wolves and the bears and they have this knowledge and it's great, but it doesn't mean it's God. You know what I mean? Not to disrespect yes. a bunch of Native Americans or the heritage, but these are new cycles. So anyway, you're 18, you're carrying the shame, you're in this abusive relationship. How do you get out of that? And what becomes the next stage of your life? Mm. So that went on for a couple of years where I just was 
continuing down that same trajectory and we ended up breaking up in a very violent way and I didn't want to break up and when we did I just was like okay he was my entire identity if if I couldn't be with him if he couldn't come see me I would cut myself because I just couldn't handle like the pain of being alone with my thoughts and that was just Mm -hmm. such like a a thing for me that I needed to escape myself because Mm -hmm. I was not okay. Um, And I was looking for anything outside of myself to give me some kind of release or relief. And so when we broke up and I didn't have that, I just really freaked out and I was always drunk or doing drugs. I like could not be sober, Mm -hmm. um, was so afraid of being sober and I just spent um, that whole summer just a mess. And Mm. I ended up meeting a guy who was um, a drug dealer. And, but the first time I saw him, I, there was this weird familiar, that that deep nostalgic familiar feeling Mm -hmm. that I had felt when I was young. And I just felt so connected to him. Mm. And so even though I didn't, I wasn't interested in him, I felt like I needed to be around him. He was a drug dealer, and so um, he could, and he had a fake ID, so he could, you know, give mm-hmm. me whatever I wanted. But I just felt so dependent on him. He convinced me, kind of, to just depend on him, and so mm-hmm. I pretty immediately became <laughs> very dependent. And I, he started introducing me. Well, the first time I yeah. met him, we started talking about aliens, and um, he just started really opening it up into. Um, how the universe and just um, the ocean and and just really taking it into fate and and putting yeah. more depth in it than I had understood before. Mm-hmm. So I really started to idolize him as was he knows so much more than me. And I didn't realize that he was opening or teaching me new age spirituality yeah. um, or like the new age movement. So that went on um, just me trying to use the universe to win him back because it was always like it was a Mm -hmm. very manipulative unhealthy relationship but Mm -hmm. this time it was um it was more spiritual abuse um and it was it was just really not good almost codependent right like you were is it possible that what came from your dad and being around people that might have been drinking or drugs was like you felt normal being in a room around this then as you get older this feels normal and it's just almost like herd instinct it's just practical right and you're seeing it in people this is how i relate and so okay absolutely and Mm. so i gravitated toward friends and um communities that were just like that but this relationship was um more narcissistic abuse Mm. and not just saying that as like a thing but like literal narcissistic abuse so Mm. that played into it but i think it had a lot to do also with like the the demonic spiritual things that we started getting into. And so it started with um, just more new age ideas, um, doing psychedelic drugs, talking about opening our third eye and awakening to this kind of higher state of consciousness. um, Thinking that if I become closer to my higher self, then I can just ascend my energy. Um, And so he was DJing at, uh clubs like in la but then it turned into more of these new age burning man type of festivals where Mm. 
we started um, being around more deep into this Mm. ideology, doing crystal magic and um, just being around a lot of, you know, sexually liberated people Mm -hmm. doing Tantra yoga, um, which is just about the Kundalini serpent and awakening it um, Mm -hmm. and very sexual. Um, And there were just some things that I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't do, but I felt like it was my Mm. Christian dogma holding me back from being a free spirit. And so I, I really thought that Mm. that I just couldn't be as awakened, as powerful, as free as these wow. better people than me because mm. the Christian dogma was crushing me down, um, mm. which, you know, looking back now was such a grace of God Praise to God. have that restraint on mm. me. But it just amazes me how how the enemy flips it to think that I'm, yeah. I'm actually being held back from this higher state when it was really flipped. God's protecting you. And you're going to like a burning man where, listen, you could read the Old Testament and it's like the same. I mean, the only difference is they're sacrificing children, but they're liberated. There's all kinds of orgies, all kinds of sexual interaction. You see this through Deuteronomy and Numbers, and you see it in Corinth even thousands of years later in Paul's day. I mean, this is nothing new, but all it's really saying is, Jack, just stop thinking about God. Don't have these spiritual strongholds, which really... Again, it goes back to the garden, you know, did God really say? And people listening have got to realize we are religious in a sense that we trust Jesus, but it's about relationship. But everyone's religious. Atheists are religious. Agnostics are religious. Everyone's religious. The difference is God gives us the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament as a hedge of protection. And don't run through that stop sign. Have a password on your phone. Why is there a code on your bank? There's a reason why God says don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Don't steal. Don't kill. He gives us these guidelines. We get to the New Testament. And of course, they're all summarized in the person of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind. Seconds like it. Love your neighbor. So Jack's not going to Burning Man and not partying and not being out of bed with people and not doing all these other things people want you to do. That is God protecting you. I'm at home right now while my wife's out with the kids doing a podcast with you, living out my faith, but I could be at the bar partying. I could be online talking to women I shouldn't be. I could be doing crack or who knows what. God tells me don't do those things for a reason. So God's grace is there. God's conviction is there. How deep are you in the occult yet? You didn't get to that that level, but you're starting to mess around with what just spiritual things, spiritual practices. Yes. Um I really started doing more of the psychedelic drugs for the purpose of now having an experience Mm. when before it was to escape. Now I really want to ascend to this um, different level of being. I really, really wanted to have supernatural experiences to go beyond the veil. Now Mm. that was so exciting for me to escape my reality by literally escaping reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I you're got, opening your third eye, right? This is about yes. to all happen. But I've never met anyone that's had it happen. I've never met someone enlightened. A few mm-hmm. people have shaved their heads and meditated and chanted, and they seem more relaxed. But they're also not living an intentional mm-hmm. life where you face battles and maybe have a spouse or deal with things. You know, not to knock everything right. the people, but it's dangerous when you don't understand the reality of sin, a savior, and our time here is limited. So you're on the pursuit of enlightenment. How does that unfold? <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that, though, because that that amazed me. And like, I'm in this, and we're supposed to be hmm. becoming these more awakened people, and yet, like, we were 
messed up and and <laughs> you know there's like it, it wasn't clean good like pure hmm. fun it was like clearly a bunch of people with issues um so that mm-hmm. i i did see that and i thought okay this this doesn't really fit but I, maybe i just need to keep going yeah and so um, and you were being loved don't get us wrong i mean people were loving you caring yes, for you in the yes. world way i mean it's like the kids in compton you go into a gang they right. will shoot someone for you because of the way they were raised and the cra- crazy right. hand they've been dealt. So they're loving, but it's not like God's love. Exactly. It's not really to protect you, you know? So, okay. And, and yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because that, it amazes me. Just, I, I was thinking of like the biblical fruits of the spirit and like really mm. having love or real joy or real peace and just seeing yeah that's that's not around me and that's scary. That mm. that um I love these people, but we're we're missing something here, mm-hmm. um, deeply. And yeah. so we kept going. I, as I'm getting these experiences, the, the barrier between kind of like, the dream state and reality was just broken. And mm. I'm asking for these experiences. I'm wanting to channel these entities that had been my friends all my life, but now I'm wanting to experience them. I'm wanting Mm -hmm. them to experience life through my eyes. I'm wanting this power. And so I start really losing connection with reality. Um, And by that time, just (laughs) things started getting dark because I just wasn't all there. Um, And I remember just really um, losing grips on reality. And around this time, Mm. that my boyfriend and I ended up breaking up and um, he told me that all he knew was that he loved me, but he had to go back to San Diego and um, make something of himself so that we could be back together. And so Hmm. I believed that. And, but he said like, I need to date someone else right away because I'll die without you. And so I, I understood that, okay, this sounds like manipulation, but by that time, mm. he he had told me that we had lived hundreds of lives. Like we were each other. We weren't just soulmates, but we were like mm. the same person. And we lived hundreds of lives. And in most of them, we chose to be together. But in some of them, we chose to have our own experiences. Wow. But like we were each other. And so he planned this out, huh? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, he I should be writing it. books. It sounds like it'd be a bestseller, you know, nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I bought it 100%. And I was like, so at that point, I've already started doing these drugs with him. I've lost sense of reality. And now I believe that we're connected to the point that he can he can read my mind and the enemy really used that mm-hmm. idolatry because he was like my God to me. Wow. And so the enemy used that idolatry and that. Um, and, and while I was in this relationship, the small amount that I had about Jesus, I really let go of because he really did not believe in Jesus. And so I just started feeling stupid mm. for that, um, which is not at all, all his fault. I chose my, like I, I, I yeah. was the one sinning, but I really um, bought this lie and Mm -hmm. I believed that he could see me even and the enemy really used that. Everything was assigned to me. Like every number I'd see was that meant this or every sound I'd hear like would mean something. And so I just was not in reality at all. Yeah. And everything pointed back to him like communicating with me and 
I think something and he'd send me something. And so I really um, lost it in terms of having a sense of reality. And so I really clung to this relationship with this person that wasn't even there. And so, but when we broke up, um, I just didn't know what to do. I had just moved to Hollywood to be closer to him. Mm. And so I'm in the studio apartment alone and he did start dating someone else right away. And I just was like, you know what? I need control over my reality. At that point, my dad, I tried to move him up to LA and he'd relapsed and ended up homeless. And I didn't know where he was on the street. And I'm was the only person in his life. So I just felt wow. this big sense of responsibility. And, and really it was like, this snowballing where throughout my life, I kept telling myself, I'll deal with this later. I'll become, I'll be a good person later. I still have time to turn back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or, but it was just like this snowballing and the weight was growing that I just thought, okay. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, because I would just look at it and I would say, we could have said like five or six times, even as you were unpacking that, someone who's probably like in their 60s would just say, oh, she was just basically on a load of drugs. With a load of people out in the woods and the forest and the desert, hooking up probably or whatever they're all trying to get each other doing. And yes, it feels loving. But if you go to downtown Huntington tonight, you'll have a lot of conversations with people who talk about numbers. And Mm -hmm. I've had people come up and go, you know, your wife's really my wife or say crude sexual things. It's not to say that spirits aren't ministering, but it's to say... In a nutshell, don't do drugs, kids, for one, because, you know, a lot of my friends that got into it, it led them down that path. I remember doing mushrooms, and I loved this feeling. Wow. And the spiritual, and it's enlightening, and you're thinking, but it's also poisoning you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not God's best. And I want to read this, just this powerful verse, because I know where you're going to go. I've heard, you know, your story a couple of times. It's powerful. But just think about this, guys. I mean, God, who many think doesn't love us, tells the nation of Israel in the Old Testament as he is taking them to the promised land, which is a picture of heaven. He's leading these 12 tribes across certain areas. There's terrorists coming after them. There's giants the Bible talks about in Numbers and Genesis. And God gives them these certain commands that they're to keep. And for us today, we should understand. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 18 and 9. He says, when you enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. And now we say, whoa, God sounds so judgmental. I mean, Jack, Brian, he's telling us other people are detestable in their ways. Well, he's warning us, well, look at the way they're living and what they're doing. And he says in verse 10, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. Sounds crazy today, but I still believe there's crazy things going on. I still believe this happens to this day around the world as far as you want to go with this. But then he says, those who practice divination, sorcery, interpret omens, engages in witchcraft, 11, or cast spells or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, meaning these things are real. You can speak to them. You can encounter them. They can minister. There's things they can do. It is happening tonight. It is happening coming up, you know, with Halloween, all the rest of it. It's clear. But the other thing is we should have no part in them. Because what I'm hearing is a girl who was in church, who was hearing about God. There's God's plan. But almost like Israel rebelled and went her own way. You, through a breaking, through a facing some hard things, a structure of marriage that fell apart. You know what I mean? That's common today. All this other stuff, the enemy keeps coming in and pursuing and pursuing. And you keep telling all of us, 
but I keep hearing God. I keep knowing the truth, and it's mm-hmm. constantly being suppressed. Now you're up in L.A. Your dad isn't doing so well. You're separated. This guy's obviously lying to you. How do we go from that into even deeper into mm. what's next? So, <laughs> yeah, and and even just thinking about like me not being sober minded, like in First Peter five, where it mm. says, "Be sober minded, be watchful." Your adversary, the devil, prowls mm-hmm. around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Um, there's so many reasons why opening up yourself to these in these substances in these mind-altering substances is dangerous um Mm -hmm. but so i basically snapped i just wanted control of my reality and i um was felt very desperate and so i just Mm. thought you know this this kindness of god is what it was but this restraining Mm. is not um working for me and so i'm going to go all in um kind of suppress this whatever conscience i had and just go and so suppress the conscience of god any awareness of god right. so we've gone three or four steps now over the course of almost two decades right. where you've distanced 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 okay and now you're just whatever god it didn't work out for me with the native american it didn't work out with this guy he's with someone else even though i'm willing the universe that isn't happening right okay i'm done yeah Yes. And, and even just all throughout my life when God just was so faithful to continuously send Mm. people in my life testifying that what I was Mm. doing was wrong, but I didn't want to hear it because Mm. I wanted what I wanted and I loved my sin and I was rebellious, Mm -hmm. but I snapped. And so as I'm being led by these entities that I'd open myself up to, um, I was being led to ancient Egyptian mystery schools, to astrology, mm-hmm. um, to sacred geometry. And just it was kind of one thing after another. These entities were leading me down these trails. And it and it was so real um, that I was being mm-hmm. led. And just like, well, I really think of Paul, like even if an angel from heaven comes and mm-hmm. preaches a different gospel, yeah. like let him be accursed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't that big matter. of a deal. Right. And so even though these entities were really leading me, that doesn't mean it's a good thing just because of supernatural. Mm -hmm. And um, they've broke rank. We're not meant to contact the dead. We're not meant to, you know, people think we just have angels floating around and we just make commands like do this and do that. No, these angels are sent by God. There's a reason Gabriel showed up. There's a reason Michael showed up. Yes. His children prayed. I mean, Daniel was praying. I mean, the New Testament, the arrival of these beings, this is what's happening. And for those listening who aren't maybe Christian, all the term angel means is messenger. These are God's messengers. There's various kinds of angels. But so you're being, you're having these experiences. You're being deceived. Um, how dark do you get with this? You know, does it go, goes crazy, right? Yes. And even thinking about in Romans 1 where it, where it says, um, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And just the continuous lawlessness that I was going into, I'm being led. And, and I love, um, it, it amazed me mm-hmm. when reading about how child sacrifice is put in the same sentence in the same place as wow. divination, which nowadays is so mainstream. Astrology is like, Everyone does that. There's stores, there's books, best-selling. I mean, the Beatles brought in this Eastern mystical Mm. chanting. I mean, I come from Liverpool, which is a very eclectic city where it's everywhere. You know, we have relatives who are Reiki masters and crystals and spiritualists and psychics and tarot cards. And it's not 
it's, it's entities that are falling that have a different agenda than rescuing mm-hmm. the lost. So, <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm following this and just getting more and more um, out of touch with reality. And I ended up on the back, I was being led by this entity. Um, and on the back of my tarot cards was the name of this order called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Mm. And I knew that Aleister Crowley was um, in it at one point, and I knew that he was known as the most wicked man to have ever lived. Mm-hmm. But I felt so drawn to him, to his books. Like I would just have physical manifestations of power when mm-hmm. I would be reading it, and so I just wanted to dive into it. Um, so really, it was just this continual me just suppressing those um, that mm-hmm. knowing this is wrong, until I ended up um, reaching out to this order. I first felt like I was being called to Freemasonry, but, and things were just glowing to me, like mm-hmm. visibly. And so I found out you couldn't be a man and be a Freemason, which led me back to this order because it was kind of like a magical offshoot of mm-hmm. Freemasonry. You couldn't be by, a woman, you were saying, you couldn't be a woman and be a Freemason. Right. You yeah, have to be yeah. a man to be a Freemason. <laughs> just so all the internet police are like, no, you can. <laughs> Guys, we're just talking. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so the Golden Dawn, um, I ended up reaching out to them and they had kind of like a chapter in LA and mm. um So I met with a man in a coffee shop in Silver Lake and everything that he said was exactly what these deities or these entities had been Mm -hmm. um, leading me to study. So it was just like, wow, this is my fate. Yeah, this this is what it is. And so I was so excited. And he told Mm -hmm. me to meet him at a Freemason Lodge to be initiated into this order. Um, And so I just I felt so special for having been called to this and. So I went and um, it was in a Freemason lodge and I was initiated through this, um, you know, ritual Mm -hmm. and it was just very dark, but being in a sorority even and like a sorority initiation and, and then having spent all this time being trained up in these, the symbolism. And I was just so excited, even though it was clearly dark, Mm -hmm. um, but it was about you. You're in the coffee shop. You're in the meeting. You're going in. You're wearing the garments. You're hearing these things. You're reciting. It's all about you. And this is normal. I mean, this is this is going on in culture. You know, mm-hmm. so you get initiated. And then does everything finally make sense now? Do you have the power? Is it like we're ready to roll or what happens? <laughs> well, I certainly thought that would be what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like, I mean, how... Who else? I had so much pride. I mean, throughout my life, mm. I had so much pride, but especially in this order, it's like, now I'll really show them whoever them is. And I have all mm. this power and Good who else point. can say they're, you know, in this, in this Freemason lodge doing magic. Um, mm-hmm. Even with my, my friends in witch covens, like I felt better. And um, I knew that was wrong. And, and so I, I think that the thought can so be, well, any path, um, can get to God. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you'd done hermeticism or like the hermetic traditions, right, mm-hmm. you could have, but there's no forgiveness of sins apart mm-hmm. from through Jesus Christ. So like, even if I had tried so hard and, and really tried to transmute my pride or myself into mm-hmm. my higher self and done works until I was old and gray, like I would have never been mm-hmm. good enough for God 
um, I needed to go through Jesus Christ, but I didn't get that. And so I'm in this order and we're invoking um, the same, so this, the same deity that... Um, Thoth or Ra or yes, Isis or yes. Anubis or anyone. Right. So all, really mm-hmm. all of those. Um, and bowing down on my knees to these uh, um, mm-hmm. idols of Isis with incense and just really justifying in my mind why I, I'm still a Christian. I'm still right with God wow. um, as <laughs> I'm doing this. And even just the way that we can try to justify, like, I didn't do black magic. I did white magic. Mm-hmm. And I even when I was bowing down to ISIS and did this ISIS ritual, like, I didn't really mean it all the way. Like, God knew that that I meant mm-hmm. well. And so just trying to justify what I was doing, really wanting the power, but still trying to be right with God mm-hmm. because I knew that, that I still had this judgment almost like crazy it was this awareness of this weight that like my sin wasn't i wasn't being washed clean like the i was shame was still to, there there was conviction right? and you know this is worth saying because some people might be saying well this sounds so wild guys it really doesn't um turn on netflix tonight and you are going to hear about you know lucifer and what is it called the witcher or whatever that's called um you know you're probably too young but i remember the first time it came around you know sabrina the teenage witch it was just three women talking to their cat and a couple of spells well the newest season that's like four seasons in i watched it it's like baphomet completely worshiping satan so many testimonies i mean angels the demonic i mean on-screen orgies almost don't watch it guys but it's so radical Mm -hmm. and you say oh that's crazy but then really this all came through probably a couple other masons back in the day i mean disney and mm. Fantasia and Mickey Mouse casting spells right. and hybrid animals and, and, you know, celebrating Maleficent and even the Cruella, which is an amazing movie, but it's almost like the idea of Deville and this culture because this world, it testifies of the evil and the wickedness. And I say all these things because Ancient Aliens, I mean, The Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, Brian Wilson, Jim Morrison. I mean, this influence came over. Many of those people said they actually had demonic entities. They had spirits they wanted to get exercise from. I mean, even The Beatles saying it was 20 years ago today that Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. Many believe that's Aleister Crowley. Like, why is Aleister Crowley on the cover of Sergeant Pepper? Mm-hmm. Why? Why did Led Zeppelin want to rent his property to record their albums? So, guys, this occult practices in culture everywhere. It's celebrated. Uh, crystals, ra- I mean, ramen, shaman, and uh, ramen sounds pretty good right now. All the rest of it. But I'm saying that because for those who are unbelievers, this is real. You've got a testimony of this young woman who has literally faced this life, but you are hearing the goodness of God. So, okay, you're in this order. Everything's going on. It's this, and I'll say this because I have friends who are Masons. You know, the Bible told me to have things in one accord. So if you're a Mason and I can't talk to you about anything you do in your life, then we don't have things in one accord. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Bible tells me nothing about having to go and submit to some worshipful master. I don't care what you're doing for society or, society or culture, these circles within a circle. And I'll even say, you know, as crazy as go study a Barbara Bush. You know, George Bush's family, she was close with um, Alistair Crowley. Go look at some of these people in the occult practices. They went over there and and lived out. So I'm saying all that just to, to pitch the tents out there. People that go, guys, this is real. 
Like I look at what's coming through the Harry Potter and the rest of it, and they're amazing movies and they're great books and they're well done. But she understood when she was writing this, that little triangle and the circle, the age that Harry's magic powers came to be, the he who could not be named, who he is in occult books. Go in a bookstore and ask what's one of the best-selling religious books. They will tell you it's the Satanic Bible. They can't even keep it on the shelf most of the time. So anyway, the theme of the Satanic Bible is do as thy will. Mm. Do your own will. Live how you want. That word will is the Thelema. Live however you want. Jay-Z has a clothing company called the Lima. Think about that. So all this occult is going on. You're deep in it. You're not satisfied. Where's God? What happens next? Yeah, it it amazes me how even so I'm having this this pushing down of I know that this I, th- I think Satan is behind this. I'm like in mm. these metaphysical s- shops reading these Aleister Crowley books knowing, OK, I shouldn't be doing this, I think. But just the world lies to us and says that everything is subjective. There's no objective truth. So like mm. what's wrong with Aleister Crowley? He had this supernatural connection who are you to judge what he did? Like there is no objective good. Everything Mm -hmm. is just a perspective. And that Mm -hmm. is such a lie. There is good. There is truth and truth can be known. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was such a detrimental belief to me as I'm in this is justifying what I'm doing, making my own lines in the sand. And I think that goes on today a lot um, especially mm. with things like astrology and witchcraft, because mm-hmm. who are you to say a beautiful old religion is is bad? Well, I, who, you're right. Who am yeah. I? But what what has God said already about yeah. he doesn't just say those things are abominable. He says those who practice them are like it is not magic is not mm-hmm. ever good. You're never doing good magic. Mm-hmm. Um so as I'm in this, which is hard, I, I, no. don't, I know that sounds harsh and it is hard, but it is the truth. To what? To, to judge all those things? You mean confront all those things? Yeah, I because guess, yeah. we're in a world rescuing people from sin and people say, well, Christians are so judgy. No, we're not. We're, actually, we're not to judge the world, I believe Corinthians right. says, First Corinthians, but we hold ourselves accountable. But we're meant to go into the world and proclaim this truth. If you read the Old Testament, I think it's in Kings where... Saul calls up the prophet Samuel Mm. and the woman given the seance sees Samuel and she's blown away because the entities that are coming to her, it was not like this. And I believe God allowed Samuel to show up. This is real. They are appearing to people today. I believe world leaders are into this. I believe, you know, Alistair Crowley was definitely into this. There's something in the blood. There's something in sacrifice. There's something in that black magic sex, all the rest of it that's used to throw it in the face of God that charges these beings up to have these encounters. So that's going on. Mm. Were you just thriving in your sin? Did you just love your sin or were you still feeling the shame and the guilt? Yeah, it it amazed me because I was supposed to be gaining all this power. I was, I mean, I was promised it. I was Mm. really a huge part of it. It's Kabbalah. So we're taking the Bible, but we're having these um, totally twisted ideas of of it. So I'm learning the I'm learning Hebrew. I'm learning the Hebrew alphabet, but every letter has this Mm -hmm. mystical meaning. And so I'm reading the Bible, but thinking that it's like this deep mystical thing, which Mm -hmm. was very confusing. Um, but I, I, I thought I would be finally transcending into this like perfect person in line with my higher self. But as I'm 
going deeper into this as I'm doing rituals like yeah. hours every morning, rituals, spells, wow. really committed. Sounds it was religious. my entire life, <laughs> extremely. <laughs> um, and not, it was bondage, but I, I was just as depraved. I was actually more depraved. Hmm. Um, kind of told, well, you know, it's just, this is the great work and you have to keep going into the darkness to shine the light of knowledge. And as you move up, as you continue to get higher, you, you mm-hmm. know, you will transcend more. So it's, it's just traps you in this. You, well, yes, this happens. Mm-hmm. This is how you combat those dark entities with these vanishing rituals and imagining these things. But when you get deeper in and you know, more secret knowledge, then it'll get better. Then it'll get better. But Man, I was more depraved than ever. I was just wicked. And, and I think one time you said, you know, you were meant to have all this power, but you couldn't even stop smoking. Right. Yes. <laughs> it, I was like, what is going on? Like, it drove me crazy. I didn't want to be an addict. I had so much shame. But I'm just in my... saying, if you have supernatural power, that right. should be pretty, a pretty easy one. Right. You know, it, just like... All right, I'm done with this. Yeah, and it was, and it, and it was many people in the order, and and that was mm. a big thing where I, that was like um, something that started, really like, okay, why are we all taking smoke breaks? Like it just, mm. the Lord used even just something as small as that to start making me see that okay, something something isn't adding up here, um, and just ultimately like the weight of sin. We can mm-hmm. say positive think all you want or or just embrace the shadow but mm. but that weight of my sin you wasn't felt going it the away. whole time and right. plus most satanists they don't really believe in satan they just don't believe in anything and you're talking about sin so even even that weight of sin you know people that are struggling with this what this means james 1 14 just says this each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it's conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown brings forth death we all have this sin nature we're all born into this world with this sin nature but when we give voice to it when we listen to it genesis says sin's crouching we hear of satan that he left and came back at an opportune time i'm forever going to want to sin in my flesh but i have the holy spirit who wants to help me you were under the weight of sin Yes, the Holy Spirit was dealing with you, but I don't know if you would say you're a believer or not. Before the Christian, when we wrestle with sin, listen to what Hebrews says, then we'll jump up again. Hebrews 4.14. Since then, you know, Jack or Brian, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet lived without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to his throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus lived this perfect life, and it wasn't that he wrestled with sin like you and me. In the Greek, it's the word sarx. He never felt like punching someone. He never felt like sleeping with someone. He never felt like cussing someone out. But he lived amidst us, and he seen what it was like. He knew so we can go to him. You were living at a time where you had conviction, which was really condemnation because you weren't a believer yet, or maybe you thought you were, I don't know, but you had the burden of sin. You had the weight of this world. You did everything to work your way from it, but it was still there. Now was God finally going to be the main thing in your life, or what other hoops were you going to jump through fleeing from him? Mm-mm, right. Well, I, I, kept, I got scared because... Mm. I believe I was possessed 
I, I mean, I was asking to be, I was asking to channel these entities, but things mm. started getting scary. I started realizing um, that I might be maybe out of my league here with these entities. Um, mm. Just that it was horrifying. It was terrifying, but I yeah. still thought that they were my close friends. Like, but I was having um, abduction type experiences and physical things, mm -hmm. having to go to the urgent care and just like, I, I felt like I was crazy, um, which mm -hmm. I probably was, but it was so um, jarring and it left me more isolated than ever. Like mm -hmm. I just, I was scared. And I remember like in my apartment looking in the mirror and not recognizing whatever it was in me behind mm. my eyes and just my blood running cold in fear. And then mm. another time s something similar happening, but hearing myself say, it's crazy how evil becomes you. Be and, and it was mm. just terrifying. But mm. the whole time I thought, okay, maybe I'm doing kind of evil things, but like, I'm a good person, but it was like, mm -hmm. no, like me doing these evil things is it's in me now. Um, yeah. I'm welcoming. I'm asking for for you're this. You're thriving in it. You're romancing right. it. You're being seduced by it. Yes. I mean, this is your culture. You're right. all in. Yeah. And hmm. I I got scared, so I wanted to have Jesus. I, I I started being like, okay, I need Jesus, but because I'm so much more awakened than the um, Christians that have this oppressive understanding and just haven't opened their eyes mm -hmm. to the truth. I have this deeper understanding of the Bible through Kabbalah, through these ancient mystery schools. But so I still need Jesus, but Jesus is in everyone. And um, it's just the light within us. Really, it's mm. like our higher self. And so I just need to ascend to Jesus, be like Jesus, really the Christ consciousness idea. But Dangerous. just trying to find, right. And just trying to find a way to still have Jesus. Um Without but, the sacrifice, without the repentance, without the confession yeah. of sin, and and just and and what that's not Jesus then. <laughs> and why so do all these religions, all these New Agers, all these practices, they all, you know, Jesus is in the Muslim faith. Uh, Jesus mm. is is put alongside of Buddha. Jesus is allowed to be in everything, but not the Jesus who hung on the cross, died, resurrected, and who made very clear statements, like you said earlier. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right. No other practice, no other way. It's not religion, it's relationship, and it's through him. So anyway, you're getting this conviction. I shared all that about sin a minute ago, so people who were like, what does this all mean? We wrestle with this. We live in mm. it. But then we come to faith, and God deals with it. So how does this all transcend? What begins to take place? Yes. Well, just me thinking that I knew Jesus, now um, knowing that I didn't know him, but as I'm in this order, thinking I'm so much better than other people, mm -hmm. um, my some, my grandpa comes to visit out of nowhere and he sits me down and says, you know, what is your relationship with God like? And I thought my relationship with God was better than ever. I said, I, you know, I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita and like I'm reading these other, I'm looking into the Quran and and I'm reading these ancient things. And so I, I'm, I'm learning so much about God through all these different perspectives of him. And mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And mm -hmm. no one comes to the Father except through him. And basically that, like, if I were to die, I would be dying in my sins and I would go to mm -hmm. hell. 
And I was so mad. I was shaking and I couldn't believe that he could have the audacity to say that to me when he was so ignorant. He'd never opened his eyes to other paths. And I knew all this knowledge. But even in that anger, which <laughs> I didn't ever want to talk to him again, I didn't say goodbye. And, and he risked ruining our relationship. Hmm. Like, I couldn't let that go. The Lord, uh, his word doesn't return void. It hmm. accomplishes what he will successfully. And, Isaiah 55, 11. Yep. Yeah. And it just, I couldn't, it was hounding me. Hmm. I, yes, I, I continued to go to the Freemason Lodge. I continued daily to practice divination and all that. But as I'm doing it, like that's in the back of my mind because mm. of all these other things I'm reading. Like I, the thing with the new age is I had all these books or the occult. I had, I was doing all these practices. I was reading them because I had this insatiable like hunger for something for God, but like Amen. not seeking God and, and no, not being righteous at all, but, but wanting mm -hmm. God, um, but wanting God my own way, not the biblical God. But mm. it just left me emptier. Everything left me emptier. And, mm. and, and it was it was so deceitful. It would give the mirage of like, this is it. This is the answer. But mm -hmm. it was like deceit. There was nothing really there. It wasn't um, like daily bread or living water. It was absolutely not. It was like, <laughs> wow, I just ate this and I'm starving again. And it just nothing satisfied. Um, wow. And so that, but, but even just that one verse mm -hmm. was like, just hit me as like, this is real. Um, from grandpa. Yeah. From grandpa. <laughs> yes. Wow. And then because we were reading the Bible um, for Kabbalah, um, I read that you can tell a tree by its fruit the actual verse just about how mm -hmm. um, a good tree can only bear good fruit yeah. and i didn't know what that meant i didn't know that it was about false teachers or anything but i just was looking at these higher ups in my order mm. who i loved i mean i loved these people and i still love them but they they were hurting as much as me like they didn't have control over the universe and mm -hmm. that was clear and neither did i yep um and so I was like, this is bad fruit. Like, this isn't, this, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. And then I read that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. And that, like, I was like, oh, oh no. Because mm -hmm. the whole time I had a feeling that Satan was behind it, but I didn't know that. And then when I, or maybe I did before, mm -hmm. but something was happening to where I, I was like, this is true. And I'm in trouble um, because Satan is behind what I'm doing. And that's not good. Um, mm. And then just one night in my apartment, I remembered the first lie that or the lie that Satan told in the garden that if you mm. eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll become like God. And um, and I was <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> that's exactly the premise of what mm. I'm in. The that's duality. What you've been eating. Exactly. The mm. and, and the duality of like light and dark and you need to embrace both of them and mm. i was um terrified because i was like okay this is exactly what i'm believing and it is satan behind it and mm. it led to the fall and that's what it's leading to in my life but i was so devoid of identity and meaning and mm. this was my entire life and i i had been so isolated this being so deep in the occult, like just had isolated me so much having these experiences with these entities and divination, like 
isolated me mm-hmm. or I allowed myself to be isolated, I guess. But I just was like, what do I even do now? I mean, I can't leave the order. What else? I don't know anything else. Mm. So I kept going. And one night, like, God is so amazing. But one night it was mm-hmm. just like any other night. Um, I had my tarot cards out and was just walking across my studio and I just collapsed to my knees and it felt like my soul was being sucked out into just darkness. And I heard myself cry out, Jesus Christ, save me. And in that moment, whatever was attacking (laughs) me just was gone, like Mm -hmm. all that darkness. And I felt a peace that I'd been looking for, yearning for my entire life. Mm. And I knew that it was the God of the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who had saved me, who was mm. powerful over every all of those dark Amen. entities. Like there was no comparison, and he had saved me. Mm. And I also was aware that everything I'd been doing in that order was sin against a holy God. Mm. Um, and I probably didn't know the word <laughs> holy, but <laughs> having that awareness. and you probably just, used it a lot, but not in the right context. Exactly. <laughs> and I was shaking. I was wow. so scared. Out of all the supernatural mm. experiences, there was nothing like that because mm. there's no power like God. And, and so I mm. took my Bible that I'd had under my bed because of the scary things going on, and I started reading it. Wow. Um, and as I'm reading it, for the first time, like it's actually feeding me. Everything else left me mm. so just empty, but God's word was actually feeding me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that amazed me. Um, and by the time I finished reading, I yeah. realized that I had totally changed and that mm. I could get sober. Um, and that amazed me because I didn't do any rituals or works or good works or like work my way to a higher vibration. Like, I just read God's word and he spoke to me through it. And through John 10, 10, huh? The thief came to steal, kill, destroy, but. Yes. And he gave you just, life abundant. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, mm. for my whole life, I'd been looking for some, something to, to cleanse me, to, to help me, to actually pull me out. And everything else was a delusion. Like it was deceitful. And, and this had actually like mm. just believing that Jesus is who he says he is in the Bible and reading his word. Like mm. I had been changed and I knew for the first time I could get sober. And so I just locked mm-hmm. myself away in my room and, and got sober and it, it just amazed me. So, <laughs> so you're saying that grandpa coming and challenging you and being willing to share the word of God. And he wasn't Mm. being mean, he wasn't being judgmental, but he loved you. And he could have probably thought numerous times hearing about where you've been the last decade or so. If my granddaughter dies, I don't know where she's going. So he came and shared the Bible with you, which when people say Christians, they're always telling you what to do. Like we're not, we're telling you about God and his love and his care. But let me ask you this, how much of this do you think maybe as a kid, was you saying, wow, I seen what happened with my dad and my mom. I just don't want to deal with God right now. Mm-hmm. And then those years where you just like, I just don't want to have that conversation with him. And then obviously there was prayers from your mom, prayers from your dad, prayers from people. I mean, even Jesus' own prayer on the cross, you know, forgive them. They didn't know what to do. That's still being answered when Jack came to faith, when Brian came mm-hmm. to faith. But was it just pushing away from him all those years, the enemy having at it, and then he ministered? Because you knew... You believe God created you. You might have got sidetracked a bit. You knew you were in sin. You talk about this guilt and shame your whole life. 
And so how much of it was saying, God, not right now. And then at that moment, mm. it was one and done. That was it, right? <laughs> yes. And really, honestly, I loved my sin, like from a young age. And mm. I didn't, I, I didn't want to go into the light because I loved my deeds in the darkness. And mm -hmm. so it, I wanted God on my own terms. I wanted, I, I didn't want the God of the Bible. I wanted God my own way. And so um, it wow. really amazes me how God did this work in me, like where he, his word, like just hit mm -hmm. me as the truth. And, and he just saved me like in my studio apartment. And, and I knew that he mm -hmm. was real. And I'm just so amazed by the power of God mm. over us. But yeah. And then talking <laughs> about how I was so, I was so hungry. And then mm. thinking about in John six, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, whoever Amen. comes to me shall not hunger and mm -hmm. whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And that's mm -hmm. seriously how it is with God's word continuously. His word really is mm -hmm. living and active um, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Like mm. he speaks to me through his word and it's so much deeper, so much more intimate, so much more supernatural mm. and powerful than anything in the darkest, deepest depths of mm -hmm. the occult, in the most powerful, secret, ritual rooms. There's mm. nothing like a relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And yeah. um, and that, that was one of the most amazing things to me is because I'd been searching for this supernatural experience that I thought Christianity just didn't have. Mm. And that was just such a lie because you, you, you will never find anything like what you will find there's through nothing. salvation in Jesus. There just isn't. Um, and and there's no other way to get forgiveness for your sins, mm -hmm. like at all, no matter what mm -hmm. you do, no matter <laughs> what your karma is or dealing with whatever you want to word it. Yeah. That's all mumbo jumbo. Like it's just. Well, at the end of it, we're all going to die. We're all right. going to stand before God. Whoa, 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 turn it down. I don't want to hear this guy saying this. Well, that's how people think when they hear that. But the reality is we die, we'll stand before God, Revelation 21, 22. Some will be at the great white throne judgment where you do not want to be because you've died without Christ. But you know, I'm going to read a verse and this verse just summarizes everything you just said. I mean, you just preached this verse and it's just John three sixteen. So listen to this. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever Brian or Jax, we can say, believes in him, would not perish, but have eternal life. Why did you do this, God? Verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus didn't come to make us guilty because we're actually already guilty. Mm -hmm. Most people don't believe that. Remember years ago, people saying, you know, only God can judge me. Guys, that is not a good thing to say. Because he's actually already judged us in a sense. What do you mean, Pastor? What I mean is this, verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. There's no selling your soul to Satan. You're either dead and in sin or you're in Christ and forgiven. He says, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So whoever trusts in all these other gods, all the other religions, all the other faiths, all these practices, where's all black? If your name's Alistair Crowley, Anton LaVey, whoever, whatever you come up with, religion, if it's not in the name of Jesus, the God of the Bible, talking about heaven, who loves Brian, who loves Jack, who loves everyone listening, this is the call to go out. 
if you don't have faith in him and his life, death, resurrection, the free gift of the blood of Jesus that was shed abroad for the sins of the world, for whoever believes, you're currently guilty. That's fire preaching because it's true. Because then he says this in verse 19, this is the judgment the light has come into the world. And this is where all the new ages go. See, Jesus encountered the light. The light in this verse is the light of God, the presence of God from the Old Testament, where God couldn't even show his face to man because the Bible says, Jack, no one can see God and what? Live. They'll die. So God's presence would show up in the Holy of Holies, a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. If you seen God, you would drop down dead. Jesus shows up, and what does it say? He's the light of the world. He's the Shekinah glory of God. He's the fullness of the glory of God walking in our midst. So when he says, this is judgment, the light has come into the world, people, though, they love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Verse 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light. It may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Meaning, there's nothing special about me or Jack or anyone. There's nothing different. We've all fallen. We've all told people to go do this, to go do that. We've lived our own way. But God sent his son into the world for that once and for all perfect sacrifice. So that even though Jack lived how she wanted, he was pursuing her. You might be on here saying, turn that off. Well, this is God pursuing you because we're speaking his word. And all we need to do is acknowledge our sin, which is the Holy Spirit showing us. You can't even see that unless God opens your eyes. Confess who Jesus is. I believe he lived 2,000 years ago through the testimony you heard today, the gospel that he lived, died, resurrected for our sins. We can escape judgment, escape eternity separated. We can be forgiven. That's evangelism. Our faith is in him. And what did Jesus do, guys? He not only died, but he got out of the grave, proving there is life after death. And Revelation 20, 21, 22, if you are into the occult, go read it because it sells the false prophet and the beast and the serpent will be thrown into the lake of fire. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Satan gets defeated. All the occult works done away with. Only in Christ Jesus does Jack have life. Do I have life? Do you have life? And we hope that is what you are hearing. So how does that sound to you? <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's God. I mean, that's God's work, what he did. So now, how long ago was this when you came to faith? And it wasn't this apartment. You're obviously in Arizona. You come to yeah. faith. How many years ago? About five years ago. And what has God been doing since? I mean, how did it, how did, here's something I've never heard you talk about. How did that transform any people around you? How did mm -hmm. they receive that? And how did you navigate the next year or two? Um, so my dad Hmm. got saved at the age of 69 <laughs> which was just incredible hmm. um and it was actually it was just so amazing and it was god doing a work in his life yeah i had actually not been talking to my dad during that time hmm. um just kind of for my own um for because it was healthier yep. and during that time he got saved he just got to the end of his rope and was like hmm. i don't you know, he was homeless and he was just kind of like, Lord, if you want my life, like I, I'm done, I surrender, like it's mm. yours. And someone came up to him a little later, asked if he was a veteran. 
he ended up going to the VA for recovery, which he'd done so many times. But this yeah. time he had the Lord. He ended up serving, playing drums at the Salvation Army um, Church and just. Wow. 20 years Lord, later. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> and restored. so, yes. And, and mm. so that's just another testimony of it, you're, it's never too late mm -hmm. for you to be saved and, and just completely saved. And now I know the Lord has him mm. and it's, it's just awesome. So my mm. dad was saved and <laughs> that's amazing. And then, so now if you just, you're God's using your testimony, which when we talk about that people, we don't just mean we talk about ourselves. We mean mm. how God worked in our lives. And Paul talked about how God did that. Mm. The woman caught in the act of adultery went out and she would have told people, this is what a man told me, like the woman at the well, like mm -hmm. the tax collectors. So you've been living this life. And has God been using what, obviously he does the body of Christ, your gifts and talents, but has he been using this crazy story mm -hmm. about the occult and about the darkness to help other people? Yes, and that absolutely amazes me. Hmm. Um, with the Elisa Children's interview, um, it amazed me how he brought me to meet her and when she asked me i needed time to pray about it just because mm. of my thinking i'm i'm so inadequate to do this but just realizing yeah. how that's just ultimately pride and and just seeing how the mm. lord is using because it, it's not my story like it is but it's god's story it's this redemption that i did not yeah. deserve that would have only ever come through jesus christ and he saved mm. me um and that I get to be sane, like in the right mind, okay, uh -huh. sober, like a new creation. I know it's uh, what crazy. else would I do? You talking <laughs> but, about what you were like? I can't even picture you running around Burning Man, being crazy, bringing out numbers and chaos. I'm like, you look today like so totally sound mind together, like at a job interview, just like mm -hmm. here I am. You know what I mean? So well, praise God amen. for that. I, I've got to tell you, be encouraged. You know. Um, I like that you said pride because we put so much on what we do. Are we well-spoken? Right. Are we not? Look, I'm a skateboarder. For those who don't know, I was a professional skateboarder for Tony Hawk's companies for years. Married, divorced, God saved me, put me and my wife back together. I put this in every episode. I'll tag some more at the bottom. If your marriage is going through it, you need to hear Jesus. If you're in the occult, get out of it. You need mm -hmm. Jesus. You all need Jesus anyway. But I say this because it is important you know your testimony, meaning you know when God spoke to you, you know how God spoke to you, you know what God did in your life, because that's what he's going to use to share to other people, obviously with the word of God, where to speak the oracles of God, where to speak the word of God. People told me that early on, Brian, what is your story? Learn it, get used to sharing it. God wants to use that on a bus, on a plane, in a park, at a party if you're there, you go pick someone up, something's crazy, and they're like, "What? What? who's this sober dude? Well, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. So, you know, thank you, Elisa Childers. I, I know her well, too, for putting Jack on there. But, yeah, get your story out and lift up Jesus. So that's been going on. People are hitting you up. So what's the plan now? You're out in Arizona. Um, do you feel like you can just rest in Jesus now? There's no more chasing anything. Yes, and that was such an amazing, hmm. beyond amazing realization is this. I'd never felt like that in my life that... I, this is, this is who I am. Like mm -hmm. I'm home. I am found in Christ. This is, mm -hmm. there's not, there's nothing more to Amen. attain to other than to be continually sanctified um, mm -hmm. by living in Christ <laughs> through the power of his spirit. Like it's so, mm -hmm. it's just his, 
it's just so restful mm-hmm. to be in Christ mm-hmm. and joyous and awesome. So I'm just so thankful to mm-hmm. be in Christ. And I just have such a heart to expose the lies that I believed when I was in that Amen. because um truly they are unfruitful works of darkness and Mm -hmm. they're so secret and shrouded in mystery and that can make it so attractive but just bringing delight like what i was taught what i believed how does it compare to scripture and why is it an absolute blatant lie um but so yes i'm just so very (laughs) thankful (laughs) to be saved um yes well, girl, I hope God, you know, uses this. I know I'll run longer interviews yeah. sometimes. And I don't get all flashy and crazy. And my, my idea is that maybe one person, they don't listen to any other episode that I put out, but they listen to yours. And if they get more time to hear about you, they get more scripture, they get more fruit coming through your life that just ministers to them, you know, mm-hmm. get them, Jesus. Let's just say it like that, you know, reach them. So... I hope God uses all of this. And um, would you just mind? I mean, any last thoughts for you, or, or is there a way people can connect with you if they want to? And I'll have you pray us out in a moment. Yes. Um, last thoughts would be just the whole time I really did think I was a Christian, even though I didn't know hmm. the biblical understanding, and just remembering the verse where Jesus says, um, "Those will say to me, Lord, Lord." but he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. And that would have been me if I had died because I thought I knew Jesus, but I didn't know him. And just so Mm -hmm. really examine yourself. If you think you're a Christian, examine yourself and see if you're found in the faith, because it's important. Mm. Do you have a biblical idea of who Jesus is? Do you really believe that scripture is sufficient, that it's inerrant, that God Mm. is who he says he is in his word? Mm. Um, And you can please please, if you are going through this, if you just yeah. randomly found this and you're deep in the occult, reach out to me um, yeah. at, maybe Brian can link it, but yeah, at jackmarino.com or email me anything. Like I I know how much mm-hmm. it hurts, and but Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And I'll say this before you pray, because, you know, I actually wrote a couple of verses down earlier. I didn't know I was going to go there, but you just let it in so well. I'm talking about Jesus saying, many will call me Lord, Lord. I mean, that's Matthew 7. That's Mm -hmm. after these amazingly loving verses that are shared around the world, the Beatitudes, where Jesus sits with his disciples on a hillside, Matthew 5, 6, 7. But at the end of it, he pretty much draws a line in the sand or in the grass, we could say. And he says, many are going to call me Lord. Many are going to relate to me and claim they went to church, you could say, and claim they had their Bible and claim they lived like you did where I don't know where you would have gone if you'd have died in your sin, but it sounds like God was at work, but you know when he saved you. Mm. But here's a couple of crazy thoughts for those people who are just like, I guess I'm a Christian. You know, in Matthew 24, this is this end kind of times idea. And Matthew 24 is this coming of the Son of Man. It's this idea that no one knows the day or the hour. We get this parable of the ten virgins, and we read about five who are watching for him and five who aren't. Those who are pursuing him, walking with him, and those who aren't, who are left behind, who don't enter in. Then it goes on to the parable of the talents, and these are those who God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Jack isn't going to heaven because she did enough podcasts and she did this and did that. She's going to heaven because of Jesus' work on the cross. It's a free gift. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that. Write that down. Go read it. Study your Bible. But he tells many, well done, good and faithful servant. But for those who went walking with him, 
living alongside of him. I don't mean being religious. I don't mean having your coffee and your Bible reading and doing all the right things. I mean in fellowship with him, in love with him. At times you're going to have a hard time with that. But in verse 30, he says he's also going to cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he goes on in all these verses where he talks about sheep and goats, wheats and tares, because when he returns and he sends out his angels, he's going to separate those who are really his and those who aren't. So if you are in church and you're saying, man, I'm a Christian, I've got this, I'll tell you. When I came to faith, there was many Christians who said, I'm so convicted by your walk, not because of me. I was suicidal. I came to faith. I went and told everyone the first six months. They said, man, I've got to get in church. I've been coasting along. Guys, get in your word. Get a hold of Jesus. Listen, we're so deceived into thinking we've got to do all these other things in this world. And I asked the church the other day, how many of you guys feel like there's never enough time? And they all raised their hand. And I said, do you know there's exactly enough time in every day for you to do exactly what God has made you to do? It's that you get distracted, you get caught up, you're chasing other things. It tells me about you, me, everyone, that we think all these other things are more significant and more satisfying. But Ephesians 2.10, what Jack didn't realize was from the beginning, you said, I didn't know who I was. Colossians says you're made by him, for him, through him. And Ephesians 2.10 says you are his workmanship. All of us were made for a relationship with God to walk in fellowship with him. So don't be left behind. Be someone that trusts in the Lord. Get a hold of Jack. I will put that info down at the bottom. But would you mind just uh, praying us out, whatever's on your heart for people who struggle with that and for relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Me too. Wow, Lord, I am so amazed by who you are, God. I am so amazed by what you do and just how powerful you are, that you truly are over all things. Um, I just thank you for redemption through your son, that we are truly saved by grace through faith in Mm -hmm. Jesus, that it isn't by our works. We don't have to attain to some works, Mm -hmm. God. We can just trust in Jesus. And I'm just so amazed that there is really no other name Mm -hmm. on earth by which we must be saved but Jesus. So please, God, use this to reach people that are just lost like we were um maybe the person who's hurting who's in the occult who is practicing astrology and doesn't know if it's okay or just any way that someone is being deceived lord please use the sharing of the truth of the good news of being saved of being made a new creation of being delivered from darkness and brought into your marvelous light please god use this to bring many to yourself Um, Use this whole entire conversation to point to Jesus Christ, Mm. your son. Um, Please, God, use this. And I just thank you so much for my brother, Brian, and how you're using him. And I pray that you would continue to. Mm. And I just pray that we would have an eternal perspective, um, Mm. all of us, Lord, that we would have a greater fear and reverence of you, a greater Mm. understanding of who you are truly. Um, and that we would live in light of that and that we would honor and glorify you and just rejoice with thanksgiving that you are our God, that yes, you love Lord. us, that you have saved us. Mm. Please remind us of that daily, I pray in yes, Jesus' God. name. Amen. 
Amen. Well, guys, I hope you were here. You prayed along with us. You heard that. Even as Jack says, the fear of God, that's a reverence for dad. It's saying, do you know who my dad is? Do you see his glory? Do you understand? It isn't hide under the bed and be freaked out because he's going to smite us. If you're in Christ, there's no longer any condemnation and we walk with him. This is Brian Sumner. This is Jack. And this is the Foolishness Podcast. Why do I call it that? Because 1 Corinthians 1.18 says... The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this, get it out with people. We hope parents, brothers, sisters, family members hear this and say, I know someone that could hear this. Hopefully you've been sent this. We care about you. Your family cares about you. God cares about you. We hope you use this. But guys, go to briansummer.net, connect with me. I do a lot of travel and ministry, trying to write some books. Get out there. Um, I'm thankful for this time. Jack, thank you so much. And I'm sure as God does more work in you, when you're like, Brian, I'm going to put this project out or I'm writing this song, I'm doing whatever, we'll get you back on, put it out there. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do as to the Lord. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.